0: Somewhere on the outskirts of Los Angeles in an upper-middle-class neighborhood the 80s rap was still pouring out of the home stereo speakers as I struggled and fought to get to the front door and out of this massive house party along with a bunch of other crazy screaming teenagers. The first cop car was already there and there was more on the way and I was looking around thinking to myself... Where is California Kid? Hello, everyone. Thanks for being here. My name is Bishop Frisch, and I want to welcome you to My Life Through Music, where I talk about the songs and music that were either there at the time or describe thoughts, feelings, or emotions I was experiencing at those particular places and at those particular times. And the song that does it for these memories is You're Gonna Get Yours by Public Enemy, released in 1987. Quote, oh, Chuck, they have to get us, man. Yo, we got to dust these boys off. End quote. Whether I'm hearing a song for the very first time or I've listened to it thousands of times, the song just comes alive and becomes something of its own. And what is so effective in, in this process, especially in the rap genre, is in addition to the music, are the sounds in the beginning, or the sounds that are woven throughout the songs as we hear them, putting us in that space. For example, I talked about a song in a previous video by NWA, and if you listen to it, you'll remember that in the beginning, there was talking and noises going on. It was an actual scene putting us right there and showing us why the song was entitled, Dope Man. And this song, You're Gonna Get Yours, does the same exact thing, but with different sounds, primarily from this 98 Oldsmobile that Chuck D is driving. And when I hear it, I am transported back to this very night. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I found myself at this house party looking all over for California Kid as I was trying to get through this mass of teenagers because someone told us that the cops were there and there were more coming. And I had been to enough parties up to this point to know that if we didn't get out of there like fast, we could all get busted. I could get left behind cause I didn't know anybody there or much worse. After scanning the room real quick, I had no clue where he was because after he introduced me to his friend Chuck, And Chuck's girlfriend, Blondie, kid went off to talk to a bunch of other friends that he knew from school. So I just stood there in the kitchen, leaning up against the counter, just adding to the pile of beer cans after we pounded beer after beer. When finally I was like, yo, this stuff's running through me. I'll be right back. When I was done in the bathroom, I opened the door to an entirely different situation. It was like a stage rush at a concert or something. Everybody was trying to get to the front door. I looked around for California kid, nothing. Then I thought maybe I could find Chuck and Blondie. At least I kind of know them. I looked over at the kitchen, nothing. All I could see, was a sea of nameless faces and at this point i was thinking to myself at least i got to get outside it felt like an eternity as i jockeyed and swam my way towards the front door every second counted and i could already feel myself starting to sweat and my heart started to race and dang it all the heck Where was California Kid? How could he just leave me here when he knew I didn't know anybody? I was a few feet from the opened front door and I could already see the reflection of red and blue lights flashing off the walls. I kept thinking to myself, just get outside and I'll go from there. It's better than being in here. I just need to get to the door. I started to get close and then progress stopped. What? dude i can reach and i can touch the door frame from here what's going on up there there was a group of girls trying to get back in why i'm like dude let's go we gotta get out of here i finally got to the door and then quickly leapt around the person in front of me thinking to myself finally i'm out i jogged a few steps towards the driveway thinking to myself Maybe he's waiting for me there, but as I lifted my head, I froze because right next to the driveway was a cop. (laughs) I didn't know what to do, so I put my head down a little bit and turned away, trying to make myself look like part of this other small group that was also standing in the driveway. I looked again, kind of on the DL for California Kid. Still nothing! Just kids scrambling, trying to get to the cars. And I was like, dang, what am I going to do, man? (laughs) Here I am at a house I've never been to, in a city I've never been to before. It's dark. I'm pretty drunk. And there's a cop, like, standing six feet away from me. And I don't know a single soul. Just then, one of the dudes from the group next to me looks up the street and goes, "Yeah." There's more coming right there. This party's totally getting busted. <laughs> I looked over and sure enough, way up the long street that led up to the house. More cop cars were crawling up the street about a mile an hour with their lights flashing. trying not to hit any of the running kids. Then as more and more partiers took off, the street and sidewalk started to clear out. And I was feeling more and more like a sitting duck. And I was like, shoot, what am I gonna do? I overheard one of the girls in the group next to me, and she said, If you guys wanna make a run for it, I'm with you. Then I thought to myself, and I started weighing my options. Another person in the group said, If you guys are running, I'm running. And then (laughs) in my own mind, I joined their conversation and I said to myself, If you guys are running, I'm running. So I took a half step closer and I heard one guy start talking and he goes, okay, that street right there leads to, and then I started itching closer because I needed to hear the plan. You know, the plan that I just unbeknownst to them made myself a part of and he kept laying the plan out. Once we get there, all of a sudden from behind us, we all heard this sound and this girl yells. I turn around, and at the end of the driveway, in a metallic blue two-door, it was Blondie, yelling at the passenger side of Chuck's car, frantically waving at me, going, I took one look at the cop, the cop took one look at me, (laughs) and then I took off! Dude, I took off like I had a giant lead on first base and I was trying to steal second in the seventh game of the World Series. As I got closer, she flung the door open and then she, she pulled the back of her seat forward. You know, like those two doors, right? And then she crouched forward to give me room so I can get in the back. Man, I slid into the back of that car in a way that would have made Pete Rose proud. I tucked my feet in real quick. And all I heard was the door slam and tires burn out as I thought to myself, man, I ain't in Cave Creek anymore, that's for sure. There were already three people in the back before I even dove in there. So there wasn't much room to move around. And it took a few seconds to get situated because, man, Chuck was driving that thing like he was in a Formula One car at a Grand Prix or something. I mean, there were tires squealing and chirping around every turn. When I finally could sit up straight, our shoulders kept banging back and forth, and I looked over at the the two girls next to me. I was like, what's up? I then reached up and grabbed the back of the seats in front of me, and I stopped for a second and noticed that Jam On It was blasting through the speakers. Cool. I snapped back to reality, and I poked my head between Chuck and Blondie, and there's Blondie in the passenger seat, dancing. Dancing like she was at the club or something. Not a care in the world. I looked over at her, half smiling, half shocked. And then I looked over at Chuck and I was like, Dude, where's California Kid? And then Chuck was like, Don't worry, man. He's meeting us at the next party. I looked back and I was like, Are you crazy? Dude, those cops are going to chase us. Still driving like a maniac, he goes, I hope not, but if they do, all you need to do is get to the freeway, man, and we're good. What? I looked behind us one more time and was relieved that, at least for now, there were no cops behind us. And then about 30 seconds later, he hit the on-ramp of some freeway and floored it. I sat back, and I lit up a smoke. (sighs) I don't smoke anymore. (laughs) I quit, like, what, 25 years ago? But I needed to chill out, man. (laughs) Then, as if all this wasn't enough, after blowing out, like, the second drag of my cigarette, Chuck looks over his shoulder and shouts through the music, Yo, Bishop! I leaned forward again and I see him and he's pointing outside to a car next to us on the freeway. In the next lane, there's this bikini top Jeep full of girls. And who is driving? <laughs> yeah, California kid. <laughs> I leaned back again and I shook my head thinking to myself, "What is this?" just another night in California for these guys. I remembered asking him when we first met what it was like living in California, and him saying, it's a lot different. And it was. (laughs) Different in ways I had never thought or never expected. And it was about to get even more different and more interesting. Because after all, the night was still young. The metallic blue car wasn't a 98 Oldsmobile like the song. And his name really wasn't Chuck. And his girlfriend's name obviously wasn't Blondie. I call him Chuck in honor of the song and the way and the spirit in which he was driving that car. And Blondie because she had the blondest and straightest hair I'd ever seen. And I can still see it in the front seat when she was dancing through the smoke, through the yelling, and through the music, just flying around in slow motion like angel hair spaghetti or something. There are also so many lyrical connections I make when I hear this song. And if you go through them, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. But more than anything, It's the squealing tires, the continuous guitar in the background, the tight beat, and every time I hear this song, I go back to that wild, wild night. And how about the title? You're gonna get yours? It's karma. Reaping and sowing. You'll get what's coming to you. The interesting about it is that sometimes you get yours immediately, and sometimes it takes longer, and it comes when you least expect it. What was coming to me? How and when would I get mine? And this is why I have to thank Public Enemy for this song, as well as the messages contained in it, and why it's where it's at in my, my life through music playlist. Check it out, however you access your music, and you'll know what I'm talking about. There's a link to it in the description below for your convenience. As always, thank you for your time. I know it's valuable. In the next video, I plan on talking about how that night continued to change and get more and more dangerous as I got a glimpse of a world that I thought only existed in songs. I'll talk about that, as I invite you to join me in the next video, when I talk a little bit more about my life, through music. California Kid and I actually did see Public Enemy here in Phoenix at the Celebrity Theater, and. It was awesome, man. Terminator X was working the turntables and he had a group of people behind him lift him up off the ground and he was horizontal to the ground as he was still working the turntables, man. It was awesome. I looked at that car That in a way. <laughs> no, dude, he was driving like a maniac. Not a care in the world.